Hello and welcome back to another new episode of After Fire Jumix. Do you miss my voice? Because I think we haven't been doing podcasts for. Uh, let me think. I can't. I can't remember the last time we did any podcasting except for doing live streams for uh, After Fire Jumix. So as usual, your host for today. My name is Diana, and I have Sand Steel over here. That's right. And so today we are going to share a topic that we have been seeing on social media, or even to be more specific, I think on LinkedIn we have been seeing a lot of people, a lot of job seekers, and a, and a lot of people looking for jobs. Okay. So today our topic is job seekers versus talent hunters. How to get the best match? So basically, uh, I think Sans thought of this topic. Maybe a few days ago. Last night, yeah. Last or, or last night, <laughs> night during yeah, his shower, random, random shower. Yeah. Hey, hey, I want to talk about this. <laughs> so today we just compile our ideas and uh, we thought that it's a good thing to share, especially for, you know, people who are struggling to find a job or even employers who are struggling to find the best talents. So Sans? Yes, because I think uh, the reason why I've thought of this topic is because I think recently there's, uh, we received a lot of uh, applications for jobs and I also know a lot of other companies that is actively seeking for new talents because there's a lot of opportunity and chances that you will get a lot of good talents in the market right now because if you see um, the airlines, the aviation industry, there's a lot of talents there but they have uh, you know nothing to do right now. So it's a good chance for employers to get good talent and it's also a time where you have to really polish your skills and you know stand out from the rest of the crowd as an employee because the market is very big right now a lot of people are seeking for jobs so today we want to share with you you know two different perspectives so from me as uh, as an employer so i'll be sharing with you the tips that what our employers are looking for and for for Deanna, She'll be sharing on what our employees are looking for in a company. So this episode is suitable for both job seekers and also talent hunters like us. Okay, so let me start off by sharing some of the things that employers are actually looking for. Okay, so for you job seekers out there, you have to pay attention to these six points that I'm going to share with you. All right, so as an employer, the things that we actually seek, the first is we actually prefer people that have experience okay the, the reason why is because we, we do not need to go through you know time and effort to really train someone who has particularly zero experience about the job itself okay but that does not mean that um, we don't accept fresh graduate or anything but if there's a choice okay we will definitely go for someone who has experience as compared to someone who didn't have that okay okay before you continue sense Right now, I think fresh grads, when they, they hear this, they will like exit the podcast. But okay, don't worry. <laughs> I have a question for Sans. Yeah. So what if fresh grads are looking for you know a job? They are fresh. They don't have experience. Mm. Or even if they have experience, it's not related to the industry that they are you know uh, applying mm. for. So how can fresh grads from there on you know try to say that, hey, I may not have the experience, but this is what I can do. Like How, how, yes. how would you see that? Yeah. One thing that I will always encourage fresh grads or even before you graduate, to do is that you take up part-time jobs, okay? Doesn't matter what you do, like you want to go teaching, and you want to be a part-time tutor, that's fine. You want to go be a promoter on a roadshow, that's fine. But you have to have some kind of a 
working experience, you know, to stand out from someone who has really zero experience in doing anything as well. Okay, so doing assignment, all those are just very academic um, education level of work that doesn't really, uh, how to say, it doesn't really represent a real world scenario situation. Uh. So it is very encouraged that you have to do something at the start. Uh. Doesn't matter how much is the pay or anything about that, just try to get yourself involved in a working, actual working environment before you even graduate. Because I know some of the college, they have like very long break, long stand break, three months, six months. You have to really use this time to, you know, go out and find some part-time jobs to do it. It will help to polish your resume. Yeah. Right. I think uh, a lot of students or even fresh grads out there, even if you don't have a job right now, it's fine that you're working in, you know, waitressing. It's fine that you're doing bubble tea or something. It's all... In, at the end of the day, all of these are servicing skills. So you can all you can add all of this into your resume. And, and I understand that during this time, it's hard to find full-time jobs. So don't just, you know, give up and say, hey, I won't find a job. So I'm not, I'm just going to stay at home and lap and all that. You know, you can still do something. Yeah. So the second point I want to share with you is attitude is more important than whatever knowledge or even experience, okay? Attitude surpasses experience in this point. Why do I say so? Because even if you have like a 10 years experience on your back, but you have a very terrible attitude, you don't want to learn, you don't want to you know, listen to whatever other people tell you, you don't want to uh, accept criticism, this is a very big turn off for any employers out there, okay? And the third point I want to share is having a relevant skill set and also any on-job experience will be more valuable than your, you know, master degree or doctorate uh, certification, okay? Because if you have did something before that is relevant to the job you're applying, then it's, it's very easy for you to pick up the actual working, uh, actual working skills that you're going to use on the, on, uh, on, the, on the job itself. So that the employers is going to favor you as compared to someone who have a you know PhD in maybe uh, medical or psychology, but you have like five years experience in doing marketing for brands, and I'm looking for a marketing guy, then definitely I'm going to choose you instead of someone like that, lah. Okay. And the next point I want to say is um, you need to have the ability to present yourself, you know, to communicate, to connect with people. This is. Um, very important during the interview itself because for some of the jobs like um, like doing a sales job or doing a, any outreach job that you have to be able to connect with people and present yourself, present your values, okay? And it's not just... Um, but this really depends on the job that you are doing but having having the ability to present yourself uh, will help a lot in, in the interview itself. You know, even doesn't matter if you are just a designer or you you mean you you are doing video editing, but the ability to connect with your employer is also a very good point. Actually, I have something to add for this point itself because just now you did mention that you know communication skills is not necessary for all industry, but I disagree with that because, mm-hmm. like for just working. I think close to three years full-time now, I can understand that no matter what kind of industry you're in, the basic human behavior or basic human yes. skills or survival yeah. skills is communication. So if you really 
do not know how to express your ideas or you don't know how to express just whatever that you're thinking, you are already one step, you know, below or, or behind someone else that can talk or express better than you. So in terms of uh, how to present oneself, I think it's very, very important. And if you are an introvert and you don't know how to do this, try practicing it to the mirror. Try talking to yourself every day. You know, this kind of small little things make you feel more comfortable when you, you, you talk. And talking itself is such a easy skill to actually have, but a hard skill to master. But if you can master this skill about talking, communication, you will go a long way. Yes, yes, it will definitely help a lot. If you compare like a designers, so they do a lot of work that is design work, okay? So they produce artwork and stuff. But if you are able to communicate your artwork to the people, you are telling them that, hey, I use blue color because it's more professional and so on. You are able to explain yourself. You are able to explain your work. You will be able to present and communicate your skill level very clearly to the people. Instead of, hey, hey, this is my artwork, then you have nothing else to say. Then sometimes it's very hard for people to capture your skill level and what you want to present. Proceed to the next point is that people who share the same mindset, the same culture, and even the same thoughts as the company founder. And if your thought and your mindset is the same as the company mission and vision, this is also a plus point to us because we want to find people who share the same dream, who, who are working towards the same goal and the same vision that we are doing it's not like if the company is like we want to be become like the number one in asia in five years but your your thought is that ah no never mind i just want to you know have a job have a stable job we just you know slowly grow and so on then you have a disconnection with the company's mission and vision then in that case even the pay is good or even if the benefit is good then eventually you are going to have a disconnection with the company so if you share the same vision with the company then is going to be a plus point for you. Okay, so the last point I have in this section is that if you are passionate in the same field that you're applying for the job and you are someone who just don't work because of it's my job attitude, okay, you, you want to achieve something in, the, in your career and you're very passionate in doing what you do because doing this is your hobby or doing this makes you feel happy, then definitely it's going to be uh, more beneficial for you and for the employer. And we are looking for people like this. Yeah, I think what Sans have said is quite accurate, especially it's more towards uh, in-depth knowing how employers actually look like, not like what you write on your resume, like uh, <laughs> I have like uh, communication skills, I have experience, I have a PhD and all that, but more towards the the detail part of just reading your resume. So right now I'm going to share, of course, what employees are looking for. Yes. And for me alone, I, I definitely cannot cover the lot, lah, but I can use my experience and maybe some personal experience and also talking to my friends about careers and all that to scope down three um three kinds of employees that are looking for jobs. Okay, so to start with. Yeah, so, so this is actually the part that employers have to listen to, you know, to actually know what the job seekers are looking for, what are their thought process so that you can get connected with them. So yeah, here you go. Yeah, yeah. so actually, like, okay, employers, you're all listening, uh, boss. Uh. So um, when you're listening, uh, there are actually three types of employees to start with. The first one would definitely be the fresh grads. 
the second would be experienced, and the third one would be looking for a stable iron bow job, meaning that they might be looking for a job that can provide them with very good financial stability. Okay, so to start off with the like the usual job cycle, of course you will start off as a fresh grad. So as a fresh grad, there's a thing that they really want to do is to find a place that they can express or even use their knowledge that they learn in university or even whatever that they like doing. Okay, that is the first part of your career journey as a fresh grad. You just want an opportunity. So. Towards uh, opportunity, of course, you want an employer or a company that can provide you the growth you need to become better in your craft. So, in terms of that, you want to be in a so-called environment or company that can show you that hey, I can do a lot of things, especially the things that I like doing. So. That will be the first part for fresh grads. I'm sure they are not so much towards a salary yet, but more towards how they can, you know, show their skills and use this opportunity to expand their career. So after this level, I would say level, the second level will be experienced employees. So you can imagine that they are already in this industry for a three to five years, and they have experience in whatever that they are doing. They have a certain network. They have a, a certain capability. In what they do, so during this uh part, of course, they want to expand their network because, in the end of the day, we all know that your network will be your net worth. Yes. And in terms of this, they want to be in an industry or in a company that can provide them with the people or the team that they can grow even better, make their make whatever craft they have reach even more people you know that mm -hmm. kind of thing so for employer of course if you want to look for people like that they will have a certain knowing of what they are good at and what they are bad at so they will come in telling you okay i'm good at da, 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 da. if you cannot you know utilize my good skills mm -hmm. then why should i be here and then on top of that if i go if i use this skill and go to some other companies i can get paid this much why are you not paying me this much? Mm -hmm. Of course, that time they realize their value in, in their craft, their value in the skill. So they will not, you know, just sit around and, and, and look for a company that won't utilize that. Meaning that the company has to be able to provide the platform for this kind of employees so that they know I can use your resources to do this, this and this. And I look forward to use this and connect with these people so that I can do that's XYZ. right that's yeah. right i think most it's like knowing that they still have the space to grow mm. because for people like that they would uh they are experienced of course so they want to look for how they can even grow bigger or better in that certain area of of theirs so if that makes sense the third one would be the stable iron bow job mm. so people like that i wouldn't judge that they would be older but majority of them would maybe have a family to mm. to commit to or or even if they have financial commitments a house a car and all that that they really really need the money for so for this kind of uh employees they will want to look for jobs that could provide them with a very stable nine to five job they know that they don't have to do a lot of ot because they have other commitments to to fulfill like for example yeah, yeah family kids you know parents who are a little bit older or, mm. or or provides them more flexibility in terms of their work and also to fulfill their commitments because they have financial commitments a house to pay a house the car to pay a family to feed so Again, uh, most I think most of these people would choose big companies, MNC mm -hmm. companies that could 
you know, give them this kind of benefits, especially when uh, MNC companies can afford even paying, you know, certain other benefits for their family as well, uh, medical benefits, mm. but, but all these kind of things are the things that they look forward to when they receive a job scope or to say a vacancy. Yeah. So that about, would be... About, about that, I heard a company that is doing t- some kind of uh, time flexibility, which I find is quite good, especially for mothers who want to take care of their children who want to you know send their kids back to home or send their kids to school it's, it's even better if you are able to provide like two to three hours of flexibility you know in the morning or after work so that they can bring the work home to continue for the rest of the day they, they are still fulfilling the hours that the employers want but giving that flexibility for them to carry the work to other places or to their home i think that is a good option and it's a win-win situation that's, that's right something I, I yeah i think there are a lot more companies going into time flexibility because especially in big cities like KL or Singapore or even overseas because they know that everyone has their own life and and it's hard to just stick to that, you know, that everyday mundane 9 to 5, 9 to 5, 9 to 5. They, they might have other commitments to, to really do. So that is like a iron bow job, the third one that I've talked about. So of course, all of this, employees would want to look for uh, atmosphere or company or employer that can provide them with a no politics kind of environment to work it. Of course, when you come to a bigger company, people are more ambitious and mm. it's hard to avoid politics. But we want to have, again, good communication skills, good HR to manage, you know, all this kind of politics happening in the workspace. And above all of that, of course, when we are looking for a job, we want to see what kind of benefits we can have because we are going to work there not for a month or two. Years. We are going to work there for a few years and we want to know how is it that we could feel comfortable doing our job and still, you know, not getting to, no need to worry about the other, mm, yeah. you know, that yes. kind of worries. So other than that, I think a comfortable environment would be very good because I heard of a few that, you know, give them a very leche kind of environment to work with. Of course, you won't have the mood to work. Mm, And being in that environment for so many hours for a day, it somehow influences how you work. And also the the atmosphere, if you are next to a painting shop, then Mm. you guide lah. Right now, you will be like breathing in a lot of ammonia or whatever. It's not healthy. Yeah, so... That kind of environment like is a in safe and comfortable atmosphere. environment. Is yeah, that's, like that's the basic. right. Yeah. And then the last and most important thing that employees will look about is how the company would benefit his or her career. If that certain company has, like what you said, a good like minded goal and mission to the employee that they want to apply for that job, they know that, hey, this, this company is going towards this. They want to be the Asia's, you know, Asia's top marketing agency mm-hmm. or that, whatever. So, Knowing that goal itself is important because the employee would know that, hey, no matter what, my goal and my company's goal is towards this. If Mm. I can share the same goal, then why not? Yep. Yeah. So basically, I think I generalized the part. Well, I didn't really talk about salary because I think everyone has their own kind of salary commitments or salary demands, Mm. which I cannot, you know, just say on air like that. So maybe on that part, Sans can share more? Yes. So I think about salary is about how you present your values and you just ask for a price that you feel comfortable and you think you are worth that price. The employer will, you know, 
a decent employer will try to fit the amount. Okay, if you are feeling you getting low ball, then you have two choice. One is you don't accept the job. The second is you can accept the job first, go in, try your best to prove yourself in the first two to three months. Then, by the three months after you are going to, you know, go through the probation and evaluation. At that moment, you can decide whether your employer is the one that you are looking forward to work for, right? So, if if you are presenting values in the three months, you work so hard, you you bring results to the company, and they still do not want to, you know, like do anything for you or give you any extra, then you can consider to leave. Or, but if they okay now they they see what you can do, it's not just plain talking and stuff. Then they they will raise your salary and so on. Then I think this is a healthy, uh, two way communication. Lah, so you can just continue to work. Lah, that is, on the part of salary. Lah. Yeah, yeah, I think I also want to emphasize that to not be uh too shy when asking for your salary as well, because mm. you have to be straightforward on your values and the values you can you can really provide into that certain company and to your employer. So if you think you can do it, then you mean ask it. Ask for it. Yeah. yeah. Because there was one time when I went for an interview, actually the employer did ask me, why are you asking for this kind of salary? So I told him, no, sorry, he didn't say that. He said something like, what does a uh, salary mean to you? Mm. Then to me, I think it's a type of responsibility you put on your work. I mean, the more you get paid, of course you are you you have to put in mm. more responsibility. It's the same thing. It's a natural instinct that you get when you get paid more. Then of course your responsibility is going to be higher. Same goes to why doctors are paid that high because their responsibility yeah. is that high. Life, yeah. yeah. All right. So the next part, uh, I'm going to go into is that uh, this part is for you as an employers to listen to, right? So this is the a few notes that you can you know take now when you are looking for talents, you are hunting for good people to join in your company, okay? So the first thing is do not get deceived by the CV and the resume that they send in, okay? They can have a terrible resume, okay? But actually, if you give them a chance, you know, meet them in person, talk to them, learn about their past and learn about their experience, they might be very good talents. They might have a lot of different skills that they are not able to, you know, put all in, in written form in their resume, okay? So, but the same goes to the other opposite side, okay? Also, don't get deceived by those very fancy looking or, you know, three to four pages of resume, but maybe they are just overselling themselves, putting all those experience or all those education certifications that don't really mean much in a working environment. So, don't get deceived by all those papers, Give them a chance, invite them for an interview and talk to them in person, try to connect to them. Then you will see how they actually look and what can they do in in a real person, okay? And the second thing you want to take note is that um, this actually goes both ways, you see? So the job seeker, they actually put effort, sometimes they put effort in doing their resume, you know, the right, they write the cover letter, you know, the, the, the get contact to the employers and the call, phone call and so on. So as an employer, you have to also put effort in your job description as well. Don't just outright copying other companies' job description and paste it into yours, okay? You have to really lay out whatever you are looking for, what is your requirement, what you really want the people to do when they're on the job, okay? You have to think carefully. You have to spend maybe two to three hours just compile and list down all the things that you're looking for. And you also have to filter out those that you are not looking for. This is to actually to 
save the job seekers time and save your own time. Okay. And the next thing is, okay, this is during the interview itself. During the interview, you have to ask questions where you can get the answer that you really want. Because I've encountered some of the employers that they like to ask irrelevant questions like what's your hobby? What do you do at your free time? All this casual talk, okay, doesn't really help in an interview. Okay, in a formal interview, it, it doesn't really help and it has no meaning. You, you can have a, you know, you can invite him for a coffee out there and you want to chit chat. That's, that's fine. But in a professional interview, you should only ask questions that you want, that you want the answers, right? Like the experience or what they can do. What is their skill set? These are the questions that you should ask. All right. And the second point is also during the interview, you can try to input some random or surprise elements, right? For example, you can um, last minute you want to change to a different location or last minute you, um, you, you suddenly call the candidate 20 minutes earlier, okay? So this actually gives the candidates a surprise, okay? Why you want to do this is because you want to see how they tackle a sudden change of events, right? Like how they handle crisis, like, oh my God, suddenly this guy calling me 10 minutes earlier, I haven't ready anything. So what should I tell him? Like, I'm getting nervous and so on, right? You want to caught them unprepared so that you know when one day your company is facing some crisis or some random unexpected event, you know they can handle this kind of situation, okay? So this is actually something you can take note of. And lastly, feel free to invite them for a second interview because, you know, the first interview you might be conducting a 30 minutes, 45 minutes of interview, you might not actually understand deeply about the person itself. You might have not connected to the person so much that you don't understand. You you just know whatever that's on the surface. So just feel free to invite a candidate for a second interview, talk more, talk more, elaborate, try to understand more and see what you can expect from each other and so on. Yeah, so I, I think two, two to three times of interviews are fine as long as you still stick and make it professional. Don't just chit chat and so on. Yeah. So th- that's from me. So how about from you, Diana? What What are the tips that you can share for interviewees out there? Yeah. So before we even continue to that first, I have a question that I'm not too sure is it related. But then the question is, how would an employer know when they need to employ someone? You know, like, when is the point of time that, hey, okay, I, I think I need this kind of person here in my team? Like, when is, is that point of time that you think that person is needed? Yeah, I think at the foremost is when we have a problem, meaning that we have a demand of a vacancy. So a vacancy will appear when, like, suddenly the workload is a lot that the current team is not able to handle. Or maybe we are missing out a lot of sales because we are lacking of uh, manpower. So that is the point of time we have to start creating the vacancy and start getting interviews and getting people to apply for the job. And if you mean the moment when do we decide to, okay, this is the right guy and so on. Actually, we, for me, I cannot cannot speak for everyone. The first 10 to 15 minutes during the interview, I have more or less decided. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first impression is very, very important here because the way you talk, the way you, because let's say you're, you're late. I will already deducted maybe 10 to 20% of the, the score that yeah. you have, okay, virtually, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Then, then the way you greet yourself, the way you introduce yourself, those questions, the, the, the first few questions is going to somehow decide whether you are going to get the job or not. But some, some, sometimes because we want to give people chances because maybe they're nervous or they, 
they don't know how to handle interviews and so on. So I also invite them for a second interview. I want to see whether this is the right person or not. So to me, the second interview is actually, I'm not sure yet. Okay, I'm not sure yet. So I invite them for a second interview and give both of us a chance to see whether we can work together or not. Yeah. So, so in that case, when you have candidates coming in for the third and fourth interview maybe to say, and then you, st- you, you still cannot make, make up your mind whether you want to really hire this person or not. What kind of factors or what kind of variables would you use to really help you make the choice? If I think after the third and the fourth interview, you still cannot make up your mind, that means you shouldn't hire this person. Yeah, go with your gut sometimes. Yeah, because if, if there's so many factors you need to consider, then maybe this is really not the person that you want. Uh. Because if, if you met a rock star, it's like he came in, then oh, he hit all the boxes, he present himself very well, he can do whatever you want him to do, you will immediately like, okay, you're, you're hired. And so you can make decision very quickly. Yeah, so when, when you meet a rock star, you will know. Yeah, so mm. you will quickly, yeah. quickly. Interesting. In. Was yeah. I a rock star back then? <laughs> 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 I have to add in my own, uh, I don't know, like uh, questionnaire here. <laughs> yeah, so um, for my part of, you know, applying for a job interview, I think, of course, Jumix was my first full-time job. And that time when I was looking for a vacancy, I think I saw the vacancy on Facebook if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I saw this vacancy and then at first I was looking for a marketing vacancy but then in the end when I really want to submit my when I want to submit my uh, resume there was only a sales uh, vacancy available. So I did I still did send my resume and then in the end I didn't get a reply so soon. And that time I was like I think I was in a rush to get a reply so that I can know either should I go to company A which already offered me a job or Jumix that is company B. So I really wanted to come in company B so I was kind of keen. I think if I'm not mistaken I emailed Sense and write the I think three or five reasons why he should hire me and then one of it I was like writing because I stay very, very nearby. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> That's something that. that I remember. Yeah. So that time I was not only it's it's not like showing des it's not showing that I'm very desperate, but then to show that why and how yes. you should hire me rather than, you know, just just helping his yes. his job, you know, making his life easier to yes. make the decision. This actually helps a lot because you know, employees they receive like hundreds or some company, even thousands of resumes. So if you just spend once, then you expect people to, you know, reply you and you know, call you up to, for interview, that is really, really tough. But you, if you just make a few more actions, you know, like sending up a follow-up email or like DNA telling us why we should hire them or why we should interview them, this will help. This definitely will help. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not trying to boast myself, but for the interviews that I've been to, I try to take some checklists which I am going to share right now. So of course, the first one would be sending your resume. You send them not only like the dry resume, you try to be as you as possible. And sometimes you don't even need to be too formal because you want to know that sometimes you might be talking to the HR person, you might be talking to... Even if you are talking to the boss, it's fine to be human, to talk to them in the way as a person who wants to go into their company to learn and help their company grow you know that kind of way rather than hey uh, I am a fresh grad and I, I I have no job my mother will kill me you know that kind of thing so just be yourself as possible and even if you have 
pressure on getting a job just tell them hey i've been out of job for you know a few months and i really really want to be as human as possible because all of these are personalities that you show to your employer of how you are going to be like when you're working for them so the first one was of course sending a resume the second one if you get invited to the interview then of course you have to dress your best don't ask like stupid questions like oh, what should i wear no need to wear anything like <laughs> you know that kind of thing so yeah like the the exactly. ask the right questions when 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 they already you know is keen to have you come to their office and have a chat with you so that is the second one and if you really i mean if you are really very very keen to join a company and you didn't get the the offer to come for interview yet like what i said try to do flow up emails try to know more about a company or you can go to linkedin and learn and talk to their you know employees that are working there because i've i think i've received once or twice that people come and tell me hey i really want to work in jumix but then uh could you help me out or something mm. like that so you really show your keenness on how you really want to work in that company yeah, like get the referral before you get in you yeah know. that's right and sometimes if you talk to that certain department of people that you are interested to be with then that that person could get to know you more can can see whether are you suitable for that department or not then they can talk directly to to the hiring manager or to the boss so it's easier that way and it it helps the boss because you know you have to think of a convenient way on how bosses can get to know you because from resume itself they don't really Mm. They, they cannot know anything from that so that's the second thing the third thing is okay okay you get called to the interview so what should you do of course if you can arrive like five minutes to ten minutes earlier that would be great uh, arriving on that spot itself is fine but if you are late then it, like what san said you will get a you know deduction in your marks okay so after that part you will have to speak of course when when you speak on such occasions most people would be nervous okay mm, yes. and it's fine to tell the hiring manager say that hey i'm a little bit nervous today so i hope if i say anything wrongly or what please mm. give me a chance you know just be genuine Honesty, and yeah. honest yes and even if you, there's you know at every awkward situations just say hey this is awkward but then i'm still <laughs> gonna continue then it will make everything not awkward <laughs> so that's that how you do like to break the ice mm. between two people that you don't really know each other. So that is when the interview starts. And then when the interview starts, of course, you can now turn yourself into, uh, let me see, Jeff Bezos talking. Like, because you want to really show the hiring manager that you know your skills and you know yourself that well to be able to present yourself. So that time you are selling yourself, you're going to sell how and what and why you're here. Yes. So after that, when you are selling all this, of course you don't be like over, you know, over enthusiastic to say that, oh yeah, I can build like, you can uh, fly a uh, yeah, <laughs> I can fly, you know, that, that kind of thing. Of course not. You try to be uh, as real as possible. And even if you can't hit some targets that, you know, your employer is looking mm. for, it's fine to tell him, hey, I think I'm not equipped yet. But with your help, I can mm, da da da. You yeah. know that kind of thing. Know how to uh, present yourself that way. I think being being honest and being realistic is a good two two good points. Yeah, yeah, it shows your personality as well. So you know, that's the thing. When the last time, I'm not sure in college, my lecturer used to tell me, "Hey, you go to YouTube and then you go and find how people actually interview you. Then you mm. go and memorize the script." I was like, 
Where you got people memorize script one for interview, you know? Just have to be yourself. You just have to show how you can communicate and all that. So if they want to hire a robot, then okay lah. Like, fair enough lah. They can go and memorize whatever they want. But they want to hire you as a human being. So you have to be as real. Okay, so the last one would be uh, introduce yourself. You don't say my name. Uh, don't say D-O-B, then name, and then hobby. Finish. <laughs> that is like uh, the worst way yeah. to actually say this. And there's one more thing that uh, the last time uh, interviewer they asked me. Uh, so you're interested in digital marketing? What is digital marketing? Wow. That time I, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this this question I don't even know what is digital marketing. So it's important to know what you're applying for. Mm. Don't see it's like sales or oh, sales sell things law. You know. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't assume the job is. Like yeah, you, exactly. Try to make, I mean, do more research and then try to understand the background more before you even sell things low, mm, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, uh, yeah, just show that kind of side of you selling yourself, then uh, it will set a very good impression for your interview world. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so I think we share quite a lot of points today so that we hope both job seekers out there and also uh, talent hunters, you guys can take away some of the points and, you know, really put it in your mind when you're hiring or when you're applying for a job. So I guess this is all for this episode for today. Mm -hmm. So we are now signing up. I am Sandstill here and... My name is Deanna and I'm signing out. So if you like this episode, please remember to subscribe and follow our show at Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, this episode will also be available at our YouTube channel, TuneIn, CastBox and Stitcher. So I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.